gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod and tonight we're going to talk about the biggest mainstream event ever to happen to British wrestling, NXT UK. But first, before we move on to that, if you want to have your say on tonight's show, head over to our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, that's at Suplex Retweet on all platforms. And if you want to check out our other shows we've done, including a United Kingdom Tournament 2017 Tournament Retrospective, or a UK Wrestling The Story So Far, where we actually previewed the 2018 Tournament, then you can head over to Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. So, before we start, let's meet the panel. This man has whipped quicker than the speed Brendan Rogers left for Leicester at. <laughs> he is the host of those shitey, pointless pre-show parties. <laughs> the owner of wrestle events and a wrestling uh, DJ. Ryan Gallagher. All four of them points are correct. I'm good, are you? It's your first time in a studio show. Uh, it is, mate. I've made the effort. I've never you. met you before. <laughs> I mean, I wish that was true. <laughs> we all wish that was true. <laughs> well, on that note, next up, charming, funny, funny, Helen's favourite son. These are all words to describe Derek Helman. However, <laughs> we have made do tonight with Derek Helman. Oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of favourite sons, oh. much like when I used to go to the park to play football as a child, this man is only here because my mom yelled, Take your brother with you! It's Scott McLeod. I never met my hero. I was awkward to ask, Who is this man? <laughs> and last on the panel, and last on everyone's list of favourite Stevenson's, he's Laura's least favourite roommate behind the spider that lives under the sink. <laughs> Mr. It's My Podcast, Stephen Wilson. And that's really bad because she's terrified of the spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and, as always, controlling the chaos, this man went to Amsterdam and didn't try any edibles, marking the historic first time he stunned on cake. It's Kwaku <laughs> Hattie. Kwaku, how are you? Um, I mean, I'm, 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 not, I'm not raging at the insult, I'm more raging that you said I turned on cake when I'm lactose intolerant, and you know that, so I never eat cake. So it's like, what's like the worst insult you could have felt off of me? But anyway, move on. <laughs> See, I would have looked better if I was you. Uh-huh. Oh, you're calling Alan Fat now, Stephen? No, I mean, he likes cake. Body shaming, are we? No, I don't, I do apologise. Wait, he body shamed first of all? I to be fair, we all like cake. I like cake as well. I'm allergic to it. Well, something else we all like in wrestling if we want to get back on subject. And we're going to talk Maybe about... we're not talking about the Great British Bake <laughs> There will be no soggy bottoms on that show tonight. That's one of our spin-offs with the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, for God's sake. Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine. Bake-off brawling in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's going to be a podcast soon. Anyway. Is there a special? <laughs> This becomes more of a farce every week. Anyway, so NXT UK, um, before we got the brand itself, we got the two tournaments. We met, obviously, we've covered the 2017 tournament. The actual tournament in 2018, Gary, you were actually there. You were there before on site reporter? Yes, live reporting, and <laughs> we broke the news first that night of NXT UK's announcement as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. add suplex retweet for breaking wrestling news. <laughs> but uh, what was the what was the atmosphere like in the arena that night, Gary? Just the the fact that 
we weren't just getting a show, you know, for years people have clamoured for like a pay-per-view or a, re- a WrestleMania, but we were actually getting a weekly televised brand, what was that like? Oh, it was amazing, I, I loved every minute of the show, and when you watch it back on the network, that I don't think it's the same experience, well, what I experienced in the building didn't come across on, on screen, there was a there was an atmosphere, there's an electricity about it. Everybody was really excited, even though there wasn't anywhere near a sellout. Uh, folk were there when uh, Mustache Mountain won the titles, the pop and the place was incredible. It was uh, such a fun couple of nights, so I'm so pleased to went to it. So, uh, Brian, your first time on the panel, so we'll go with you next. Okay. So, what were you? What was your reaction originally to the fact that we were getting a UK brand? Thought it was quite a good, a good thing, you know, something we've wanted for a while. You know, people go to indie shows every single week, and you always think, oh, WWE never pay attention to indie shows. There's so many good guys on this, but now all of a sudden we've got this new weekly show that's going to be getting these guys that we know somewhere that we can broadcast them across the world as well. You know, it's going to be on the network. People across the world can see what we've got across here as well. So I, I, I love the idea of it. Yeah, it was this, it, I agree with Ryan. I, I thought it was a good idea because it's just, it was. We, we've talked to a lot of guys in interviews in the past. They've, all, most of them have said the fact that when they started off wrestling, got WWE was a pipe dream. You know, there, there was no direct route to them. Only the best of the best from this side of the pond got to go there. So to be able to have something that these guys who have worked incredibly hard to give them something to actually be able to do. And, Work for the WWE, it was great for them and it was great for us because more wrestling for us and easy access, you know, can't complain. Still. Yeah, because they've been saying that it was coming for ages without any actual like news or information about it. It's like when you pick the ass for some via mum and dad and they'll say, we'll see, and you pretty much know that's that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but eventually we got it. <laughs> I, I had a trouble telling, so leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> the, announcement, the announcement at the first tournament came out, I don't know about you guys, but it came out, for me, came a bit out of the blue, and then the mm-hmm. expectation of what was going to happen next went on and on and on, and it was only World of Sport coming back on TV in the week, the, the weekly block that was feels like it accelerated WWE's mm-hmm. thinking, but I've got to say, um, WWE's international expansion, I think, strategically is a really great move and quite an interesting business model. Because as much as we would love WWE to do some of the big events, the big pay-per-views here, the WrestleMania or SummerSlam or whatever, I think the reality is that's never going to happen. Yeah, the furthest afield they'll go is like obviously Toronto this year, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That's the furthest afield they'll go. But obviously, you mentioned World of Sport. It was a case that the first one came out because of World of Sport. Then when World of Sport didn't get picked up originally it died down and it picked up again it was just a case do you think it was a wee bit of a case of like these are real toys you can't have these toys when they were started hoovering up wrestlers left right and centre massively massively it was about getting uh, securing the market and WWE wanted to be wanted the market and it was actually just world of sport that prompted them into action because they didn't want somebody else to hoover up hoover up the space We've kind of seen recently, we maybe talked about it earlier on, but the influx of a lot of these people who we've seen on the first season of World of Sport, the amount of them who are now making appearances on NXT UK, just shows how much that being there now has impacted on, on them. Because I think if the, if the chance had been there before World of Sport started for them to go, they may not even see World of Sport on the, on the air, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when we got the brand initially, like, it was good for all the guys involved uh, in it because 
Well, there needs to get the promo on one thing as WWE or XC superstar. This person, but with the exception of like British John Steele, you barely ever really saw a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So you could be forgetting, forgetting like Jordan Devlin or Tyson Tebow was was online, but whereas you have Mustache Man and, and Pete Dunne heavily featured on NXT, like you forget there was that, you, you'd be forgetting for forgetting there was a UK band outside of those guys. But now this is giving other guys a chance to step up. So, with the reaction of obviously they announced, it's a weekly t- weekly show. We've obviously we talked about them signing as much talent strategically just so world of sport can happen. A lot of people like you said, Stephen, well loved it because WWE was a mere pipe dream beforehand. But there was some negative responses. Obviously, people worried that it would affect indie shows and what have you. Ryan, can you see the point of the the negative reaction? Can I, you see there? I think it has. I think it's ruined indies quite a bit. You know, they look at you know closest one at home, ICW, you know, the announcement of that completely ruined the the coffee match at, at Shugs. Completely ruined that one. We had to wait extra for that. But they never got much of a build up to it anyway, because these guys were away away find somewhere else, which is which is fair enough, you know, there's no no harm in them going to work for the biggest wrestling company in the world. But I just feel like when they their kind of nose was out of, out of joint a wee bit with the world of sport and they went okay we're just going to take this in and we're going to set up our own our own brand and um you know kind of run for that it's ruined a lot of things you know we're now we don't have a baromania either as well because there's not enough time to build between square go baromania shugs no so uh, there's no baromania this year because of abc now every, every big gig that was booked in ABC have basically moved over to Barrowlands and literally ICW could not get a Sunday <laughs> Barrowlands slot. No, they, and, they, and, they, 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 he told me that the reason they weren't, um, they weren't going to do Barrowmania was because of the guys being away, they didn't, didn't have people for enough shows and not enough time to actually build for shows. That was what Mark said, that's his last show <coughs> this week. <laughs> there's, there's not enough time for me to build storylines, you know, between if, you, if you're finishing Square Go Day now, we'd have to have something between now and April to have, you know, one of our big four shows of the year. They're doing something about us later on in the year, apparently. So I, I think Ryan makes a fair point about the scheduling and the scheduling conflict last year was obvious. Was this year if you look, um WWE's done their last taping in Coventry on Friday and Saturday night to avoid the conflict. On the Sunday, which avoided the conflict on the Sunday night with ICW and the Square Go. Now I don't know if that was by accident or by design, or just a coincidence. Could they not get the Coventry Sky Dome for the Sunday? No, I think it's. I, I think it's a coincidence because it's. I think it's more WWE being the, like Ryan said, the biggest. It's a case of we'll book we'll shows when we want. If you have to have a show that day. If WWE is getting their schedule sorted and people know it, then there's more of a chance mm-hmm. of them being able to schedule around them this year than there was mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, it's like, I think the biggest impact for Shugs was the ZOG title match. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that the Kiwi Stevens, the coffees were a big part, because that's where they started the formation of Gallus. Uh, but I think uh, ICW really, I think it forced them to get a bit more creative. And I think, actually, for me personally, both nights of Shugs last year were two of some of the best stuff. ICW did all year. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. And one thing, one thing that annoyed me when I eventually watched the in the Kimi Stevens eventually aired. We look at Kenny Williams. He had one match on the second night. I'm thinking, like, could you not have just saved him for night one? Yeah, you can. If, looking at it uh, retrospectively, now you can kind of see why maybe it would annoy people this whole thing because you look now, we're seeing less and less of the WWE UK guys mm-hmm. on the smaller 
indie shows. I mean, I remember when uh, just after the Tyler Bate won the belt, he was fighting uh, Kim Kelly on a BCW or a SWA show. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see that with, the, with somebody at that particular level now. So I think you can they're, they're not having those level of guys. So really small shows. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, someone who said that I never turned on Kate has broken a chair just now. <laughs> and I believe that's the second chair it's he's the broken this chair. year. So, I, I, sorry, Stephen, continue. I'm not the girlfriend from Shallow Hall. <laughs> Stephen, continue. No, that was worth That was worth it. But you can understand why people who only go to these wee family shows are a bit annoyed and I'm not seeing guys like Pete Dunn and that anymore, but... At the same time, you've got to take the, the good with the bad. It means we're getting to see a lot of these up-and-coming guys now. Um, the Source shows in particular, they've got a lot of these up-and-coming great talents. You're seeing, more PB, you're seeing it more in PPW now and everything like that. So it's, it's only going to help the long term. I suppose it gives people a chance to you know, get new names in and, and see new people. But I also think that you know, people like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bay, etc., they were always going to get snapped up regardless. So you weren't going to see them... But you know, you're kind of average guys like just Kenny Williams, who still has to make a living on the independent shows as well. He's now not, you know, take his hydro match, for example. There was no build up to that match because he was already doing stuff for NXT, whereas he still kind of works for both. He works for NXT and the Indies as well. I think it's because we had that year, that kind of year where they were on these wee shows as well. I think we got a bit spoiled with that type of thing. Yeah. Whereas if we didn't have NXT UK and the likes of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate got called up, then we would have thought other called up and have to see them go like a day one that type of stuff I've before. But obviously we talked about uh, obviously you talked Stephen about the young talent coming for Source. Mm. Our EP and recent debuting MC for Source quite <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously you've interviewed a lot of the Source graduates, you've followed a lot of the Source things. Do you think well the negative is, as Stephen said, we lose out on big stars that done that? There's so many new talents at like GPW, PBW, oh, and Source. Is there are a lot, like, um, in the past, I mean, I've been following ICW since 2015, and when I say following 20, since 2015, I mean, like, stuck to the tour bus since 2015. Whatever means a transport, um, whether it was Lane Thompson's sink or whatever <laughs> I was there. Um, so, and in the past year since Shugs, I think I've seen more debuts come in than any other time, which has just been fantastic. It's given us something new. Um, debuts such as like Paxel, who's really taken to the, the crowd have really taken to really quickly. Uh, debuts such as Alexander Darwin McCallan, who had an absolutely amazing show at the Square Goal. It was just the way that when he walked out, he stood there. And there was that kind of, and it was like, it wasn't like a silence of like, uh, who is, it was the silence of, oh my god, kind of thing. It was just that amazing thing of, and then when he went to the ring and he dominated, it was just amazing. I think my favourite thing about ADM is the fact that he hates Stephen Wilson so much. Well. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's yeah. one of my favourite traits yeah, of his. There's that too. I mean, yeah, but. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> that too. And um, hot uh, tag teams such as like. K 
KOE had also made the debut. They put on a fantastic match against the Purge, and you're just seeing great fights coming from them when when you see them at Source and stuff. So yeah, I mean a lot a lot more, and also there's these three masked men that have been mm. popping up recently. Quacker, um, you're making assumptions that these three masked men are from Source. I, I don't know, but um, using your newfound information, I have no, I have no sources to report on to know where these people have come from. So, who is your source at Source? I have no idea. I've got no sources at Source. Have you got any sources for people? That would have been believable if you didn't just MC for them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that wasn't the uh, MC, that was Dave Mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, David Wapney's favourite French wrestler from the UK. He, he stole all of that cake because I was allergic to it. That the brioche button we see it quite often with the NXT US, if you call it that, the the changing of the guard almost. You get a whole bunch of people that get called up and then it creates opportunities for new people to come onto the show. So that actually one could argue that the ICW was in need of some of these uh, some new talent to come through because we'd seen yeah. quite a lot of the pairings already, we'd seen quite a lot of this you know, the matches that were coming on were ones we'd seen before. So it's a really good thing that there's new new folk coming through and rather than being sort of sad sad that it's over when it comes to seeing some of these stars we should just be grateful that it happened yeah. and grateful that with some of these guys that came through the ranks it's here in their hometowns are now hitting the big time we, all, we also mention our obviously it's closest to home for us because we are Glasgow based but the likes of Discovery your personal favourite and someone we interviewed you can check out our back catalogue Sugar, uh, Sugar Duncanton mm-hmm. has recently made his uh, progress debut yeah. progress I'm starting to see a lot more people I think progress were a lot more hit by the oh, talent recruitment than yeah. XW were because a lot of people kind of see progress more as like WWE UK itself yeah, especially yeah. when you get the likes of a lot of their guys are producers you see them on the telly more so they've got more of a face on it so it's great to see that comparison yeah but obviously with obviously it's an outbreak all down with the new there is plenty of talent in the UK scene I don't think we'll be we're troubling for shows anytime soon no it's like the whole reason that these guys are getting signed up is because they've had a platform TV notice and been featured on a lot of big shows and now WWE are recognising what everybody else already knows about them is how talented they are and there's all these other guys who you might not be familiar with that's because they haven't had the same platform yet but within a couple of years you can see these guys on NXT UK as well like the Q and Kelly or Leighton Buzzard so obviously we can see the bad but there is obviously the good with the fact that when one moves on one moves up so plenty of talent to see in the way it's always been in WWE as well especially with the NXT we've got to have that kind of way through so WWE need to get the talent from somewhere they've now got the performance center but they still need something even with the NXT brand in the US, they get their guys from the likes of Evolve, they're all coming from the different scenes around there. Mm-hmm. There is somewhere where these guys can yeah. get blown that craft. Just to build on what Stephen was saying, the, some of the reporting of WWE signing some of these guys to, to full-time contracts, I think, got a, a little bit hysterical because they're not stopping people completely mm-hmm. from going elsewhere. So some of their top stars like Dun Bate and Trent Seven, they, they use them a bit more. Trent's still going, he's still in progress. Okay. So Dunn's then. <laughs> they have more Shoot for them up. to do. Yeah. They have much more for them to do now. Um, 
and therefore they're getting matches and so on. But some of the other talent in NXT still, you know, they're not wrestling every week, so they still need to wrestle to keep the proper matches to keep ring conditioning up. So we'll still see quite a lot of the stars coming through. Fair enough. So we've talked about that. We'll talk now about the the debut on the network itself because. It sort of came out of nowhere. We were waiting and waiting and waiting. We mentioned, obviously, Shugs was in July. We were sitting in September, still no word. And then I think, was it not War Games? They just kind of announced, oh, by the way, Wednesday, NXT UK starts. It was just, it was sort of out of nowhere. They even had to do two shows a, a week. Mm-hmm. Was it not, for a while. Was it not October, David? Was it October, like, right? It was out of nowhere, but I think. It was, it, was, it was either NXT or Crown Jewel or yeah. some special in the network that just went, oh, by the way, see if you like UK wrestling, we have that this week. Like, <laughs> it's like, they announced the Royal Wall four sets of tapings, and we, had, we were only three sets of tapings, and already by the time they were the first episode, yeah, I think I, I mentioned this before. Um, the two episodes a week didn't help, and actually, WWE is one of the things they're so good at is the production value. So, I found it a little bit odd that they didn't re edit the voiceovers because it wasn't live commentary that was done mm. on these shows. Mm-hmm. So, rather than you know, they presented them as weekly shows. Wait, wait, wait you tell me if I can't Nigel I'm actually there. No. <laughs> I know it's got to be That annoys me so much, that they horrible were in Blackpool. <laughs> Yeah, they were in Blackpool. If you paid for a ticket, you'd have found out. No, no, no. But if WWE had re-edited those rather than having them as... You know, they would say, oh, next week. Well, actually, it's in 10 minutes' time is yeah. the next episode. And there was one episode, remember, they would say, two months ago, this happened. It actually was two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so if they'd re-edited them to make them two-hour episodes rather than two one-hour episodes, I think that would have made a bit more sense, but yeah. it felt a bit rushed. I think it sounds weird, but I think the fact of a two-hour show puts people off with the fact that we have a three-hour raw a two-hour SmackDown, a one-hour NXT, a one-hour 205 Live. I think putting it in one hour, it's like, right, if I watch one, I can watch the other one later. Whereas if you watch just half an episode or something, it feels, you feel lost when you go back to it, if you get me. And I think that's why they just went by. It's two different episodes just to stop people with, oh, Jesus. I think you're crediting them with giving this too much thought. <laughs> as much thought as they put into the general title. Just throw it out there now. Scott? Yeah, like... I mean, nobody's saying. I don't feel enough, Ryan. I quite liked the way they done it, though, with the, the announcement because we knew that it was coming eventually. Um, we never knew when, and the fact that and this is just from a personal point of view, the fact that I didn't need to wait ages for it because mm. I would have got too far too excited waiting for us to come <laughs> on. And they would have went, "It's going to be on in two months' time." I thought, like, "I can't wait for that program." And then by the time it came round, they'd be like, "All right, I've kind of." Been excited for it, I've mourned it, I'm past it now. Whereas with the fact that it went Sunday night, this is on Wednesday, I was like, oh, brilliant, this is going to be something else to watch. So I quite like the way they've done it. So you like. Scott, you have a point now. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I briefly drifted off, sorry. There's a thing that the, uh, it aired like a few weeks before the last set of tapings in Liverpool. So we're like four episodes in, and then the announcement gets leaked of the Blackpool takeover, which gets announced in Liverpool. So then now, as it goes on, you keep getting looking at stuff like, okay, so that's clearly built to this, which is clearly to make it worse, so it kind of took some suspense, but like, it's like whenever Pete done defending the it was good to use defending it like regularly, especially in the first couple of weeks, but it kind of took some of the drama out of it, that they weren't really sure that he was going to lose it. See, I, I've got to disagree, because I did kind of like that, for the simple fact, 
because you thought they were building a takeover, you paid attention to every wee detail mm. and it held your attention a bit more, I think, even though you know, like, you know Pete Dunne's never going to lose it on a TV tape and it's got yeah. to that stage where yeah. this run is far too big like to lose on a TV tape. I feel for the people that went to the third set of TV tapings because they must have thought what the hell was going on here. And all these established stars. <laughs> 12 episodes by, by that time. Like, I've not seen any of them. Like, since when do we have a women's champion? Okay, <laughs> yeah, so obviously, Kwaku, obviously, you follow ICW, taxi bus, planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Ashton Smith of POD, one of the biggest monster heels in the company. And yet he's walking about NXT. You know, guys talking, uh, guys talking about these people. Maybe ICW fans have walked in ready to go and poor Ashton should try to put a show on for them. Mm. <laughs> I actually quite like Face Ashton. He's um, got a very talented guy. Very very talented. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he can take to anything really. But now. Nah, of the two, maybe it's because anytime he's in POD, he's always for the tag teams I like. To be fair, he's in POD, he looks really, really hack. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, the wee, we travel with the wee man, you know, I must. <laughs> oh, the wee man, the, like, that's the beauty of the wee man. I love, I, I love some of the promos they kind of do, that he's trying to look angry and the wee man's cutting these lines, you can tell he's just like, really oh, off, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Don't laugh, don't laugh. Casey, Casey uh, zombied herself when the wee man went Baba Shango to Joe <laughs> Like that, I mean, I'm fair play to her, but I mean, no one can control Ash, so. Ashton Smith, though, he's one of those guys on the brand. Who kind of didn't quite get the same level when they first came in? Like when they announced them for the UK tournament, you were kind of like, "Oh, cool, Ashton Smith saw it." Mm. Maybe Megan knocked in the first round, but he won the match. He got onto the actual tape and put on a good show. So he's kind. Of, you've got a lot of these guys who kind of maybe didn't feature in the tournament as heavily or even in the past ones, but they've got this platform. You mentioned Mastif. <laughs> Mastif. <laughs> he's another one. He's a guy who. He's a Frenchman. I'm <laughs> he's a guy like when they when they got him, you were kind of like, right, they've got him in because they don't want him in World of Sport. That's mm. it's, but how are they going to use him? Then he got the win over Kenny at the Downwood Festival, put in a good showing against Joe Coffey, and then he just went, went on a tear mm. for the first few months in the company. And you, I know he's been about for ages, and it's great to see him get But he didn't think he would get that prominent a role when you look at the other guys, the likes of the Devlins and the Banks, mm. Andrews, and that type of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasant surprise. I think the, the strange thing is, where NXT UK is that they're, they're trying to make this now a big marquee show. They're trying to make it, you know, they've not really got a lot of guys who are top billing, if that makes sense. So, I mean, you've got, obviously, you've got Pete, you've got Joe, you've now got obviously Walker coming in as well, that's your big names. But apart from that, you've got nobody else who is, you know, the mid carders, if that's a, you know, not in a negative way. You know, you get a lot of, like Dave Massa, for example, you know, I, I can't see him ever getting a credible push up. I feel like they've just got, and you're asking Smith, I think he works really well as a heel. I don't see it as a face. See, uh, Dave, I'm sorry to say Mastiff there, but I can't <laughs> say Mastiff anymore. Mastiff reminds me, see, pre Hall of Fame, Mark Henry, where he won the belt. Beforehand, when he was heel or face, he was always that guy, maybe like a, a survival series or a Royal Rumble where the big stars were needed for the multi-man matches but like right, we'll put him in because he's a credible threat yeah. but he's not going to win the belt I think that's sort of the role he plays he is a guy that everybody respects on the mm. scene so many oh. the, the two ones that kind of go that's kind of like that you've got him and Ligarello mm-hmm. poor mm-hmm. first name 
Do you, awesome name. do you remember on NXT UK when Massive announced uh, or done, done his promo and he ch- said that he wanted to challenge Pete Dunne for the title and the crowd popped big style and then obviously Eddie Dennis attacked him and it took him off in that direction but it looked like it was going to build to that and folks seemed really into it whether he wins it or not but folks seemed to want wanted to have seen it yeah well uh, like what Brian said about the other way like one person I've been really impressed with for the run in NXT UK is Jordan Devlin because mm-hmm. like, it was easy to make all the jokes or he's a crap Finn Balor something like when he disappeared in the tournament but we actually look, if you look at somebody working in OTT because OTT is like the company in Ireland and he's treated as the guy like for months he was like the unbeatable guy like, <laughs> this, like the import guy he was the guy who beat everybody like, like you got to the state where when Volter beat him for the OTT title it was treated as like when the Undertaker streak got broken like everybody in the crowd Okay, and everybody felt like oh, I never thought Jordan Devlin would get beaten, and like, like, and he was one of the ones like when he fought uh, done on TV for the title. Was, this was when I was kind of annoyed that it had been put back for months and like delayed there, and then this wasn't happening at TV because Devlin is a guy, is one of the guys I could see being the champion, and it's a shame that the way that we edited, the way it was like aired months after the match had happened because you knew. He wasn't going to like it was a shame because I'd actually like to see what he did because he joked about I'm going to rebrand this compass place as NXT Ireland featuring the UK. See, I, I really like that because it's something that gets done a lot. Mm. Obviously, we'll, we'll touch on him later on, Finn Balor, when he showed up at TakeOver. Yeah. And rising star from the UK, it's like Ireland's a different country. Yeah. Learn this, Americans. <laughs> and I think the gimmick that John Devlin had was just a case of yeah, I'm not from the UK, I wrestle in the UK, I'm from my own country, I want my own I'm not from here, I have my own customs. I love the promo he cut on Lagreno, when he's like, there's this guy in the back <laughs> with a mask who thinks he's Mexican, he's from Leeds. <laughs> I used to see, there was a pause because they all start shouting, Lagreno, he goes, he's from Leeds. <laughs> so, we've discussed obviously some some of our favourite stars so far. I'll go around the panel and get some more names, so I'll start with Kwaku. One of your breakout stars from like the lead up to takeover tapings. One of your breakout stars of the brand. This is gonna sound weird, but I'm gonna kick off it the first one because this guy to me has been a revelation, Fabian Eichner. Oh yeah, he's, yes. mm-hmm. he's been, been properly wow, like we saw him in the Chris Wayne classic and everything. The guy's become a heavyweight and he's still got all the freakish moves that he does and it's just and he's got that brawler style to it as well. He's got a big array of moves and no, he's been a proper breakout person. I like as well they've teamed him with Marcel Barthel, mm-hmm. who is Walter's partner on the independent team, because I think it's clear they want Walter to be a big star. Ring can't put him into the fashion. But I think obviously it gives Walter the singles run and it also gives Parcel along with Eitner, a credible tag team, I think you can see them challenging for the tag title soon. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan's got you, one of your breakout stars. Well, I've got a few. You know, we mentioned Jordan Devlin, I thought he was a class image one, but my, my main guy that I like just now is Zach Gibson. Oh, one of the UK tournaments. He is the epitome of heel heat. No he is absolutely hated and he laps it up. And when he won the, the tournament that time oh and he gave that, that promo at the end, it went for about two hours. It was nuclear. He just, oh, like, just people and see the, the shoes off if you hate Gibson thing. Yeah. Love it, absolutely love it. Does the place stink when that happens? He <laughs> 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 doesn't know, he can almost smell his shoes. 
Did you get to see how broad this here? What's really, what's really, what's really funny about Gibson is a um, friend of the show, Neil Dawkins, from Liverpool, big Gibson fan, and he always says, like, anytime that people do that chat, he's like, I don't want to do it, but I feel like that. I don't want to make people I'm able to. Pure pleasure. Now, usually when it's the shoes off, all we hear the tickle was Gary shouting out, saying, put your shoe back on, I'm not putting it back on again. You've left your own shoe laces. <laughs> so, Scott, uh, some of you are breakout stars for the brand. Johnny Fate. Johnny Fate. The way you put it together, that four man fatal. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm joking. We, we, we can maybe touch on Sid Scala being a breakout star, not because he came in as a jobber and sort of. I loved him. The assistant to the, the general manager. I think it was just to help Johnny Saint because Johnny Saint's from the era where there's not promos every week and I think it's just to kind of take the heat off of Johnny Saint. It looks like Sid Scarlett's trying to help his granddad. <laughs> right, anyway. But that, that is all genius to thought, Rhea Ripley I'm going to have. Rhea Ripley. Because like, I mean. when, it, when I found out that it was her that had won the title, I obviously got it leaked like my other people did and it was kind of like an odd choice because all we knew of her was me and that but her heel work in the first couple of months as the champion was superb and like but she had the advantage that she was quite a bit taller than most of the other women so it looked like she had this pose and did like especially when she did that reverse clover leaf it looked like she was probably picking them up with one hand yeah. and also the fact she put that photo of when Tegan Noxon got injured in their match at the game she put that picture, picture of her being on her knee as her profile picture on Twitter so obviously we talked obviously you said there we are really quite a bit bigger than the other women in the division mm-hmm. We, we touched on this in our big show show, big show show, <laughs> easy to say wrong. Uh, when big show was at his best is when Rhea Ripley's also at her best, it's that I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, what are you going to do about it, what are you going to do to stop me? I think she's played that heel role very well. Yeah, because like, we're always worried didn't lead up to her match and take over that she would be seen as kind of a placeholder for Tony because it was clear Tony was going to be a big star, she'd won the main classic, then Rhea Ripley more than held her on in promos and she was like, I'm sick of being compared to you. It's you that should be compared to me. Mm-hmm. Hello, Steve. Uh, well, yeah, there's a, a couple of ones. One I would love to have said, if I've seen more of him, was Travis Banks, because he's absolutely amazing, but I've not really seen too much of him. But I'm going to go with one, maybe not so many people who have got mixed reviews on it. It's uh, Eddie Dennis. Uh, I'm in there with this one. Uh, <laughs> I've seen quite a bit of his progress work in the last year or so where he turned up Mark Andrews in. It kind of brought out a different side to me. He got to he, he pretty much it got to a point that he made something turning on a guy like Andrews. He made he made the fans vouch for him. But even though in NXT UK we've not kind of seen that side of him, they've kind of made him portrayed as this monster, which I'm not gonna be able to lie, he's probably not the best fit for him as an ex-teacher, you know? <laughs> that's, that, that's my problem with Eddie Dennis. They completely ruined him to begin with by going former headmaster, now all I can think about is an angry teacher mm-hmm. yeah. storming about. Have you seen that in between us, what about Mr. Gilbert? <laughs> that's, that's different. It's <laughs> too much to ask for when the fans are booing Eddie after a promo for him to go, it's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> but, um, when he actually wrestles, even though he's a big guy, he's got that presence about him. And I've always been a fan of him since I've seen that progress work and it's, it's kind of, mo- it's, it's maybe a bit more than kind of, I'm happy to see him do well, but a lot of the stuff he's done, is he's done he's done pretty well. It'll be interesting to kind of see where he goes in the next few months, but I've been impressed with a lot of the stuff that he's done. Gary, one of your breakout stars? Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey. I think mm-hmm. he's been a revelation and, uh, and, and exceeded my expectations. When him and Mark got signed and when you seen Mark appear, 
um, to help them, or the two of them sort of done that run in after the four man fatal <laughs> at the UK Championship tournament. They thought they were going to be a tag team, but then Gallus came together as a unit. And how good is that theme song? Oh, and, there's a, and as a group, they've really, I think they've really taken the opportunity and ran with it. So, yeah, huge credit. I'm sorry, Guy, once you mentioned the theme song, I stopped listening. I had it playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the theme song was the one when, uh, when Mark first brought it out because everybody loved these old ones. They were kind of like, oh, why are they changing But the more you hear it, it's just like. Mm-hmm. Just, it just it gets you pumped up, doesn't it? It's, it's like, you, you know it's a fight, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think that you mentioned Joe Coffey exceeding expectations. Obviously, we talked talked the effect of ICW. Joe Coffey in 2015, 2016 in ICW was untouchable. And then I think maybe his feuds weren't as intense or maybe, maybe people weren't as happy with certain matches. So when he came to NXT UK, there was some hesitation maybe. He, he went through a bit of a character change, didn't he? Yeah. He went from being the, the Iron Man to the, the, the Iron, Iron King. King. <laughs> I think the Iron King's better, though. It's more serious. And when you look at someone like Joe Coffey, who looks like he could crush your head like a peanut in your in his hand. And it's like, yeah, this is his kingdom. I'm not going to debate that. But like when he does the thing of drawing down his face, it's like, he's going to get slapped. I love that. That's like proper death kind of thing. And that's what's going to start with this whole kill shot thing. I mean, it's nice it. to see them actually get properly cheered <laughs> in the Glasgow team. Oh, because every show, they just get ripped for being strong. Oh, it's just like, come I, know. On. I know they're the bad guys, but come on. I know. It's, it, it's, it's been done. It was really just... The three big Scots, like, throw them together. But they've made it work, and obviously he may have entered the first takeover, which we'll and touch on later. Both gangs heel turn brought Lucy to tears. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bailey's future heel turn. Like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that! <laughs> like, even though he did win the tournament, you know, he was probably our favourite to win it, Coffee. Like, you always knew, look at him, like, he's the kind of guy, you don't know what Vince would think, but you know Triple H would love a guy that can, like, mm-hmm. an NXT you hear, or just the regular NXT. He'd be a guy that eventually would have pushed. You know, he's got the tits off Triple H's boxes. Mm-hmm. I like his new gear. He's very inspired by his high school set of wishes. He does kind of, we see his style, he kind of does too much about the Triple H. Hey, Ryan. I, I thought he deserved a bit better, actually, in uh, the tournament this year. But looking back now, it's probably the best thing because if he goes far in that tournament, it probably puts him too far up the pecking order. Whereas now he, he's almost kind of come in almost as a nobody from the very start and just very quickly powered his way through everybody and made himself a better kind of credible challenger so I quite like the way they've done that and so massive fan of Joe Coffey as everybody will probably know anyway so I just I love seeing him succeeding I genuinely thought he was going to be Pete at TakeOver I think we all did I think we thought Pete was maybe going to be, because he was appearing more and more, he'd just been on war games, more and more on the original NXT. Mm-hmm. I think we thought, right, this is going to be him moving from one NXT to another. Joe is going to be the guy, and we all, I think we all knew Walter would appear eventually. Walter would face Joe, but that was obviously left for takeover. Is <laughs> the Kelly and Stevenson connection there, trying to slap each other with Joe? But does he get his actual surname and I don't? Because we like Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, just a wee quick two minute discussion. Gary, take over. You, me, Scott, Sarah, and Lucy all win. Road trip. <laughs> how, how quick were you on to get tickets as soon as they were announced? Oh, we had to be quick because they, they disappeared straight away. I think I got mines like one minute after they went on sale. 
loved every minute of it. Uh, great, great atmosphere. We went to place, uh, great venue, great matches, and um, talent really rose to the occasion. Fair enough. And can you just tell the listeners how excited was Lucien to open the takeover tickets on Christmas Day? Or <laughs> <laughs> particularly because we told her that we hadn't been able to get the tickets. Oh, so, so it was taught. It was psychological talk. Yeah, so sorry, sorry, we didn't manage to get. Otherwise, it was Yeah. So she was thrilled and loved every minute of it, and loved in particular because she's been able to spot herself multiple times. All your turn on, on the TV. It was like it was like your turn was saying, "Oh, you're funny." <laughs> <laughs> we. We are over here! Yeah, it was, it was, it was, we came only because of you, Berger, what was the, the comparison like to this? Because obviously it had been on, people knew what they were getting. Was it, did it feel intimate, even though it was a bigger venue that one? Yeah, well, I think the Royal Alpha Hall seats more people, many more people than, than Blackpool. So Blackpool, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the word diehard, but I can't think about it. You had like some of the biggest fans there. We met people that travelled from all over the place. We met some folk that came from France to go to it. Uh, the boy that was staying in the hotel with yeah, the French boy. Uh, so folk had come from, like ourselves had come from all over the place to go to it. So you had folk that were just really up for it in the minute that we, we got there. I think it was a lot of people travelled for it and like you've seen us in the hotel after it, we were all gumped. Yeah. But I think the fact that it was the adrenaline, what we are gone to a WWE pay-per-view, we are gone. I think Lucy kept us all going because she was still bouncing a bit yeah, after it. But it was, <laughs> I, I hate to use the word historic, but it was, <laughs> it was a sort of it was an important moment in UK the history of UK yes. wrestling, and it was great to be there for it. Fair enough. Anyone else get any thoughts just for me? Sorry, I'm trying to not be sick of that you're historic. <laughs> but uh, like I said, like as soon as they announced it, I knew like we need to go with this because like you don't know what could happen. As the you say, like I was at the first. You know, because you know this band's going to keep going and then we're going to be pulling hopefully other ones down the road. But like, I was at the first one and also because I thought, or honestly, I thought the UK title was going to change. And like, if I can say, like, I was there when Cup and Dunn's reign finally ended. And like, please, they like, I was on Ticketmaster at 10 a.m. in the morning and went on to say, like, refresh, refresh, like, immediately. Fair enough, right? So, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we're going to discuss what we've just touched on there the actual takeover itself, the matches, the atmosphere our thoughts on each match, disappointments, and maybe certain results. But first up, we're going to have a quick break and a promo from Joe Coffey, Pete Dunne's UK title match. See you soon. This is Defiant Wrestling's James R. Kennedy, top class, middle initial, bottom line, and you, my friends, are listening to the wonderful Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Determination, the desire to win. In the space of two years, I 
I've gone from unknown to being the longest reigning champion of the modern era. No matter how strong, no matter how big, I'll chop them down, I'll bend their joints, I'll crack their fingers, I'll submit them, whatever I've got to do to get the win. Just vicious. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. There is going to be a change of the guard. Where was Joe Coffey? when the first WWE inaugural UK Championship tournament happened in Blackpool. Where was he? Yeah, that's right, I was sitting in the house. Sitting at the home with the telly on. I had it on. I saw Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews. You know what? I switched it off because I couldn't watch it. Because I was bitter. I was. I was extremely bitter that I wasn't there. It's about me. It's about my opportunity. <laughs> It's about my kingdom. And it's about my UK championship. What poetic justice it would be to take and rip that WWE UK championship from Pete Dunne. Coffee came out here, signed the contract, and instead Dunne snapped his fingers. You talk too much. That's the rest of Gallus, Mark Coffee, and Wolfgang. Oh, Joe Coffee! From behind. There's no time for the Iron King to stand and claim his throne. Pete Dunne has been avoiding a real challenger ever since he won that UK championship. The result's always the same. A bitter end for Joe Coffey. This is Joe Coffey, the Iron King, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. No mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. We are doing our NXT UK show. And before we get back in, I just want to thank James R. Kennedy and Joe Coffey for the soundbite. If you want to hear more from James R. Kennedy, we recently interviewed him for our podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and all good Android podcasting sites. Just search Suplex, Retweet. So, as we get back into this, I'm joined by Kwaku, Ryan, Scott, Stephen and Gary. Wish it was Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about the actual event itself, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. Now, Gary, we had a lovely road trip, didn't we? That's <laughs> a smashing road trip. Stoke for Burger King and everything. <laughs> we, bought stocks, we bought Stocks of Rock as well. Stocks of Rock, yes. Sandbook, I think they got dropped. <laughs> playing Molly Nelson on the road again. Yep. Big bag of celebrations, huh? that was smashing. You saw it the game. Did me. you say Sambuca Rock? Yeah. I think Sarah still got some. Both? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, the worst part of that trip, though, was you refusing to stop because there was a stock of rock shop called Rock Bomb. <laughs> and I wanted a photo in front of it. I was waiting. 
fucking mess. I would have driven on, to be honest. And if I, we, if I, why don't you leave him at Blackpool? And then we go to Aye. the Blackpool Stadium. Let him do that flight at Blackpool Stadium. No, just fucking drive. <laughs> <laughs> no plane. <laughs> so, Gary, Scott, I'll start with you two. What were your thoughts actually being at that event myself, Scott? I thought this was some side venue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the venue was pretty special, to be fair. It was really, uh, really very pretty. Also pretty, <laughs> pretty cool to be in the building. We, I haven't seen the original... Um, what? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very warm and regal voice. Yeah, it was very warm. Fucking the grand design, the character. Yes. Stephen's broke the gobble. Beautiful ballrooms. But to see, to see, <laughs> to see the venue that, oh, it, no, to be in the venue that the first tournament was held in, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was great that they went back there after being where the first tour was held, and it was a great atmosphere. There was, a, you could tell there was a, like a lot of people came in. Most of them had travelled down for it, and they were loud the whole night, especially in the opening tag match. Uh, so. Now a member of the panel that was with us, who can't be on the show tonight unfortunately, is Sarah Grieve. We asked her our thoughts on the takeover, she said, I thought it was what you'd expect from every US takeover, it was dramatic from start to finish. She cried when Finn Balor came out and they hit the bloody Sunday, just for the simple fact he hasn't used that move since he got signed with WWE. The women's match stole the show for her, she went, and at the time of texting she said, I don't remember much because I've just woken up. <laughs> if you want to hear more of Sarah's thoughts, you can find them on our Twitter. <laughs> The best panelist for insight. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. So, Stephen, if you've stopped giggling at Gary's ballroom comment, would you? <laughs> no, right, we'll move to Ryan. I thought you ended it with room. <laughs> Ryan, what were your thoughts on the actual show from a TV standpoint? How was it for watching it on the TV? I thought it was great. I thought, like, actually, like I said, I said, I think it was everything that you expected from, from a a takeover event, you know, it wasn't, it wouldn't look at a place if it was on the kind of main American NXT, so no, I thought it was pretty good. Talking about the venue, I for long enough thought that that venue was in the tower, actually at the top of the tower, so it, yeah. only because I knew they'd done Strictly that before. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they can't do Strictly that the Wait, 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 show became? He's talking about that and you're talking about Strictly. <laughs> I'm just talking about the venue, I thought that... With well, a great bake-off and everything. Yeah, I was like... We we maybe said that we got to tell like Doc he just how to get to the ball view because oh one one of the winter guns along the tower like we didn't we didn't we didn't know there was two so there is two so when we were wandering around like what one do we go to is it this one yes and there's about five entrances into that winter gardens and I think the first ones we went to every single one. No, you go to the next one, we went to the next one. That's the next one. No, I shouldn't tell you that, it's the next one. Like, can somebody just let us in? We'll get tickets! Maybe play in the grappling hooks and To be fair, the hydro's pretty similar. You walk in, you're like, where's B? I don't want to say where's beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, now you've stopped giggling. Thoughts of the, sh- the pretty building, as Gary mentioned? <laughs> uh, well, I thought, what, I thought watching it, I thought this, the atmosphere, you could feel the atmosphere a bit in that one when Gary touched upon it earlier on. The UK Championship Special didn't quite feel the atmosphere as much because it'd been on the week before, the week before, yeah. the week before, however long it was, and it was heavily edited, and you didn't have the same feel because this was live. Even though you were watching it at home, you kind of felt that electricity. Just, just for it. Shut up, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I didn't watch it live. I watched it the day after because I was out that night. But even though I kind of knew a lot of the results because a lot of it was spoiled on Twitter. Sarah, thank you. Um, he still felt 
really involved with it. You kind of think sometimes if you watch pay-per-views on WWE, even if you know the results, you're not as invested yeah. and you're kind of just plodding along just to see if anything happens. But even though I knew half the stuff that would happen with this one, I still felt it, especially in that uh, tag team match you mentioned. I don't remember seeing a better tag match. And I've seen loads of great tag matches in TakeOver. That's one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. Well, Ryan mentioned about following on. I'm not looking out of place alongside any of the other NXT shows. And one of the things that certainly had common with all the other NXT TakeOvers is the tag team match was exceptional. Yeah. And... Um, the, the things that those guys did in that match, the drama and the, they built the excitement over it was phenomenal. the best teams in the UK. Mm-hmm. Quacko, before they rudely moved on, you never get a chance to talk about the pretty building either. Do, oh, you, yeah. do you like Strickland? Do you like the bake-off? Um, no. <laughs> are, you not, are you not listening? He can't eat cake. <laughs> you can't appreciate a good cooking show? I, I, did, I mean, I did watch a Wendati one. Is it, does that help? <laughs> that, that she, she, she should never have won that though. Screw you! I think I'm the only one that thinks that to the fair. She's good on TV recipe bad things. Anyway, moving on. I feel like I started this now and I should probably backtrack because that's. I don't know who Nadia is. I feel like I should never have mentioned Strictly. I don't know if it's like soggy bottom or something like that. Let's go to the judges for this one. It was marvellous! It had razzle dazzle! Anyway, I'll move on. Anyway, uh, it had a pretty floor behind the uh, the bad bats out there outside. It was very mosaic. Um, do you know what did you think of the tag match? Uh, the tag <laughs> match was amazing. Uh, but back to the building. No, we're talking about this one. This podcast. That match had too many. No, not too many. Uh, that was the wrong words to say. That had a lot of back and forth, which I really, really loved. I liked the little nod and Trent and Tyler's um, gear they were wearing. I liked that little nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the little nods that Joe Coffey had with his gear back to his high school St. Aloysius. And fully, you can see all the fingers I'm getting right now. It was weird to see Tyler with a tight I know. Yeah. Cover up those legs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably knew you were there, you creeping bastard. He's not even denying that. There's a sign on the hard cam that says, Tyler, show your legs. <laughs> Tyler, show your legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, what are your thoughts on the tag match? Oh, I didn't know that was Gary Sand, but I thought it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it was a good idea to have the tag match open it because the opening match is when the career the most. Oh, like, like, even though we had the three uh, short matches taped before for the XT, people were still following throughout the show and they were, mo- they were behind most of the time and they hated the Grizzled Young Vets. So you get them out on the crowd and most of it. And for the first 10 minutes, I don't think I was even watching the ring, I was just listening to what the crowd was saying. He was always stand up, sit down, shoot himself. Like, like people like, like, is there still a match going on? I can only listen to his chant. Yes, yeah, the match sounds exhausting to see life. Oh, I, <laughs> I was winded after it. <laughs> like, I, like, you know, to dance away, up you get all and everybody. <laughs> I think they got it spot on to be fair though with the, the outcome of that match. I thought that's if you put it on much last night, I think that would have been too obvious mm-hmm. for for your first event, whereas you've got somebody, you know, Zach Gibson mainly, and you know, obviously James Jake plays his part, but Zach Gibson mainly, I think that's the guy you need to put the the belt on because he will he will milk that every mm-hmm. single week 
going forward. And he'll, he'll make it. He'll make the title relevant. He'll, you know, make people interested in it going forward. You know, it's already having one really, really good match. But I think you need to be able to continue that for weeks. For obvious reasons, I wanted Mustache Mountain to win. Mm, um, but but uh, when it comes <laughs> to Zach Gibson, <laughs> yes, that as well. Um, but for Zach Gibson, um, I thought he was a little bit lost. I think he deserved, I said this is when we did the preview show, that he deserves a bigger spot in, in the tag division. No disrespect to the tag division, but being, you know, first tag team champion is pretty good claim to fame mm-hmm. to have. And he's getting a bit more of a spotlight now as as a consequence of it, so you know, that's a good thing. I think what Ryan said though, he'll milk it even when he loses oh, the title. Yeah. No, he can take he can take the title from him, but he can't take the fact that he's the first ever tag team champion. Yeah. Like, like you say, like he won the UK tournament. He, even though he lost, it's still a version that he won the tournament. But like I say, like you can't take away the fact that he's the first champion. Like other than like, ah, you won the tournament, but you lost. I will still always be remembered as the first champion. And like, and those like James Drake's there by his side, a very good looking man. As we discussed. Him. Yes, James Drake, handsome man. Handsome lovely Floyd man. He's worth it. <laughs> and we move on from Scott's obsession with James Drake's hair and carries of Tyler Bates' legs. Uh, other undercard matches on the show, we had Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. Yes, we're calling it that now. Mm. It was like the Six Nations fans versus Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I loved that match. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I thought that match. I went back, when we went back to the hotel that night, I watched that match back on network because there were some big spots in it that... Um, from from men of that size, you didn't expect to. That's big boy boots. Oh wow! No, it was the, it was just the was it Dennis left some of his legs are actually buckling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, the razor's like, 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 something about like I immediately regret this. <laughs> <laughs> you look lighter. <laughs> it's like we're we moving more to that and left this. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's one of the ones as well. It was, I think, whoever won was going to get a big push and I've, I've not really kept up with the weekly, t- I've read the results but I've not watched but it's a case of Eddie Dennis will be affected by the loss because it was the two titans coming together, it was the two big monster heels, you can't have, uh, sorry, monsters mm-hmm. of NXT, you can't have two big monsters, there's only one superior monster. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong but the, the batch of shows that were done at um at the Royal Rumble Access. I don't think Mastiff or Dennis were on no, any of them. They both had a match. They both had like uh, squash matches at the uh, tapings thing after, uh-huh. but they haven't been on since. Like uh, Dennis got a promo that was like a pre tape thing, like yeah. teasing music. They, they only took so many guys over, which, yeah. which is clear when you look at the cards. They fought the likes of Burke and Lorcan yeah. and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cassie is over on. Yeah. Used a lot of NXT guys for that team. Yeah, it was the World's Collector, I think, that looked at like a select few. So, mm-hmm. obviously, as a. Your man, Tyler. Your yeah. man, Tyler. Stop it. Your man, Tyler. Moving swiftly on. So, there was a rather smug moment for me standing at the bar eh, after Travis Banks has been taken out by Jordan Devlin and he says, I'm the best Irish wrestler there's ever been. And we're standing at the bar, the man goes, it's got to be Walter. And I went, I say best Irish wrestler, it'll be Finn Balor. And this guy looked at me as if I was talking Spanish. <laughs> like, no, it won't be Finn Balor. Why would Finn, 
boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> as the smoke begins and you just see my smug pearly whites like, Sorry, he said boom boom and it's more like, was Taz coming in? <laughs> yeah, so you the bar for the start of that. That's a strange time to go. That's actually like I didn't know he was at the bar. He went to the dodge and then uh, Banks got taken out and, I, and like when Bella came in, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know he was at the bar. I'm like, Ross, you're just that. Is this a common feat that he ditches your shows? Yeah. Our listeners would be what really interested in Ross's movements for the night of the but you're right there. I was urinating, thank you very much. And nothing too much info. Yeah, too far. <laughs> you're right, though, when, when his music hit and when he came out, folk went crazy there. And, you know, we're just talking about uh, Tyler Bates' body. Jesus Christ, Gary. The abs and thin valour. No, I'm off him. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, my God, that yeah, boy is ripped. Oh, boy. He, he, oh. he does sit-ups. Would anyone like to talk about the match and not Finn Balor's body? He's on Raw every week, he's not always not always doing stuff of of no but it's always good to see him. Like the idea like you didn't think he'd be here, like mm-hmm. that's like the whole surprise there when that added that made you like more excited to see Bally or you know, like she knew eventually maybe do this teacher we student thing, but he didn't realise how soon they would do it. Mm-hmm. And then you really look at them like he's just like that Spider-Man meme. I saw I saw a tweet that went out the day before when the performance centre opening, and um, the guy put on it took a picture of Finn and Jordan talking next to the ring, and they were like, "Oh, I wonder what these two are planning." And then the next once the takeover happened, and they actually got the match. He was like. Something fishy was going on. <laughs> I should have asked him what was happening. Yeah. Like Stephen said earlier on about Travis Banks, I really like Travis Banks. Think, thinks he's great. Um, disappointed that he, his injury probably has affected the spot he has in NXT UK. Was not particularly excited about this match that was scheduled to happen at Takeover. It felt like it came out of nowhere, and now we know why <laughs> um, it was put put on the cards. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we've touched on the Finn Balor match, we've touched on the tag title match and the Monsters match. Uh, Sarah's match tonight was the women's title match, Gary. You were excited at a Tony Storm win, weren't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, we were all cheering for that. Was they, though? Anybody <laughs> 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 wearing hats? Umbrella hats? <laughs> <laughs> I was, really, I was upset, Gary, there was no shitey pre-show parties when we were in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Careful. When the women's title got introduced, I think a lot of folk expected Tony Storm to be the first champion and then Rhea came in, done much better than I thought she would do as a champion's really uh, growing in that role. But a uh, great match. Brilliant moment to be there for for Tony Storm claiming the crown. My daughter loved every minute of it as well. So before we move on uh, to the main event, Quacko, what was your match of the undercard? What was your out of the four other than you've touched on the tie title match from the other three? What was your match? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, a part of me, a big part of me would probably say. Uh, Finn Balor Devlin like although yeah it was just the shock of it mm-hmm. and I was like just this is happening this is amazing and you get to see Finn as more Finn and mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Devlin who by the way I think has got the best executed moonsault in anywhere yeah, yeah. it's a great moonsault mm-hmm. so 
obviously we've discussed most of the card, we'll touch on the main event. We talked about it earlier on about how we thought it was over. This was Joe Coffey's night. Joe Coffey beat Pete Dunne. This was a cracking match. This was absolutely amazing. Are you watching great. Vince McMahon? Great, oh. great, great, ex, great exhibition between two guys. We'd see him with us, but I, thought, I liked that we kind of seen a bit things a bit different from Dunn. Mm-hmm. Kind of seen a lot. I know he does the, the joint manipulation a lot, but he was trying to do a lot more. And they, you know, finished with the submission. It actually, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense why he was doing the joint thing when he actually wants to finish with it. Previously, just been, I'm just going to do this to hurt you. Now it's like I have a purpose, which is a good development in character. I think the good thing on the kind of joint manipulation thing is you actually, at points, believe that it doesn't affect Joe. And mm-hmm. it's a, a strange way to look at it, you know, almost as if he does that, you know, bend the fingers back and stuff, but then next minute Joe's back up again, you're like, that didn't affect him. It kind of adds to his character, it's just been a hard nut. He took Joe quite seriously about the fact that he hit the bit at the end at the end and then hit the submission as opposed to going for the pin. I think I can't beat him. I, don't know if I can beat my this, so I'm just going to do this to so show the good respect to coffee, I thought. My heart was in my mouth the entire match, and mm-hmm. I want, I, I'm a massive Pete Dunne fan, I wanted him to win, but my loyalties were tested <laughs> when there was a, a, any English listeners listening in, it was a small majority that were chanting Scottish. Can you get such things as a small majority? <laughs> <laughs> a small minority, I should say. <laughs> That's one for the botch call. A small minority of certain Trump fans who were saying anti-Scottish slurs and all of a sudden I became Braveheart and started shouting, Come on, Joe! Freedom! Then, Stop lying, you're at the bar. I just like that Joe was such a heel throughout the UK's run and like, it was all heavily food, probably. Year. I think Coffee uh, started to win people over by his performance and that's to the point where I love this point where everybody started singing the Iron Man song and pounding their chest and like this is reminding me a little bit to like you remember in ICW when he was the Iron Man he was the fan favourite like everybody that was Pete Coffee. it was uh, I think for a couple of years personally the guy like Joe Coffee. some of his matches didn't really stand out to me this to me was mm-hmm. peak ICW level Joe Coffey mm-hmm. doing it Put on my, always matching the night when he was at that point, and mm-hmm. arguably a contender for matches. Such a hard hit match with some great spots in it. When they fit, said when they fell off the top rope, that was oh. a bit scary. Um, great fit, uh, false finishes that had everybody. There were so many times I thought, right, that's it now, and then oh no, he got out. And they had the, the ebb and flow of the crowd. They had everybody in their palm of their hands. And a great attire by Joe Coffey as well. I, yeah. And the fact that there was no, we were a bit like shagging because they had the whole thing and they put some Liverpool tape and the whole like Gallus uh, distracting Pete so Coffey could be up and they had the six man tag and the go home show like we're expecting like Mustache Mountain to come down and then Gallus to come down but no like they came out to the ramp and then Joe sent him to the back like I'm going to do this on my own. Joe told them no shenanigans. <laughs> Wasted both of his good suit that we didn't get to see yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always a wedding that he seems to always look like he's gone to. <laughs> I went up. Oh, I mean, damn him for looking good in a suit. Wolf Gang, if you happen to be looking at, uh, listening to this, we're all jealous that you look so good in a suit. Why you took that sink? Why, Wolf Why? Give it back. It's not your sink. Maybe give it back after a certain match type that I want to see again. But here we go. Certain Shugs match, maybe? I hope so. But obviously, we talked about the match itself. Ryan. Were you disappointed to see Joe not win, or was it a case that he put in a good performance? You knew 
No, I definitely wasn't. I wasn't disappointed with the match. You know, I, I did think, like many, that Joe was going to win. I thought this was the, the time, you know, the first big pay-per-view of the, you know, this is when Pete is going to drop the title after such a long, a long reign. And it doesn't happen very often in wrestling nowadays that you're actually shocked by the outcome, especially when it's a mm-hmm. champion retaining. So I, I was, when I got to the end of the match and then I, I seen Joe tapping out, I thought, geez, oh, like, it's actually... You know, he has actually lost. You know, I was I was fully convinced. I had bet some people that that he was going to win, like hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I was disappointed for two reasons. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm a, I'm a Joe Coffee fan. I mean, I am wearing his one of his t-shirts right now as we speak, just to put in perspective. Another one, and maybe this is just a part of me that's just about ICW now. Um, the whole thing of like every chap, like every chap in NXT UK, they're all synonymous of progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this to me just has this lineage of is this going to be a, a bigger pro- or, or a different progress championship? Yeah. Only part, one of the bits I'm disappointed about is after he lost the match was Joe getting on the ring apron and being knocked getting mm. back in the ring being knocked back out it's like nah, he deserved a wee bit better better than that yeah it's disappointing yeah. Yeah. it's do you know what it seemed like to me see when you can tell that someone run where a title is done is when they they lose at a pay-per-view and then it's like the next night on TV they get the rematch and that's when you know right you're not you're not in the plans for the big pay-per-view yeah. match <laughs> and I think that that was even worse. It's like you've put on a, a five star classic, I don't care what Dave Meltzer says, a five star match, and then just to get, we'll, we'll touch on it in a minute, the debut of Walter. It could have been done so much better, it would have been so much more effective if he beat up Pete Dunn. As well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think, like, you kind of, like, we do as fans, we kind of build an idea of it, like, more, Sarah, this is going to happen, and you're kind of disappointed when it does. Because, like, that's what we all were so certain that Joe was going, I thought, Pete wins, then I hope that means one thing, and thankfully that thing happened just moments after the match. We've seen who's probably the next challenge is going to be. Right, so obviously we touched on that, and I'll take us to the next bit. The debut of Walter, the pop from that crowd went the dunnin, dunnin, and it was just, it sucked. And then water came out. Yes, water. <laughs> Were you flooded? <laughs> We're all happy to keep those was there. <laughs> Did the, did the so many damage? <laughs> oh, the man is such a presence. So yeah. I don't think there's many guys in wrestling who has the presence of him. He just looks like I love the man. And the fact that he kept his music as well, like we knew, like it's more concrete. We keep the name. They don't always keep the same music they used on the indies. Mm-hmm. But that music he kept his, and that music is so recognisable. If you know, especially amongst that crowd. So as soon as the first note hit. Everybody immediately reacted like instantly, that's Walter. Could you imagine if he came into something different? Though? I'd be like, yeah, who's this guy? It was, it was like to see him punk came back with a couple of personality. First, I'm like, who's that? And then, oh, it's punk. Hey! Yeah, I, I, see, when you go back and watch that, the punk return, there's like five smarky people that watch String of Honor in the crowd, and you just hear them shouting, it's punk, it's punk! And everyone else is just, no, it's dead, dead. oh, it's punk! <laughs> but, Obviously, the debut of Walter, he's been someone who has been touted for WWE for so long, but I think the big stumbling block was he doesn't want to live in the United States full-time. 
he's settled. Has he yeah. said that? Yeah. yeah. Right. He's came out and said that. He was being quite vocal about it. He was offered an NXT contract at the same time as Keith Lee, and obviously Keith Lee took it, he didn't. Oh, do you, do you imagine Keith Lee Walmart? Oh. Yeah, amazing. The ring wouldn't just stand up. Two big bells going at him. Yeah, just as we're talking about Walmart's <laughs> debut, his debut match. The the Welts, I can't I forgot the name of the guy who's wrestling now. Well, I think he was his name as well. Oh, the his chest stars where Z because he's still just slapped the name right off him. I showed that I showed that, I showed that picture to Laura and I was like, that was one slap. And she went, that was one slap. <laughs> I was talking about It's the direct. It's like, I'm surprised anybody wants to actually face him. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all know that wrestling needs to be safe, but if I was coming home with Wales like that every single night, I'd There's like... There's not enough money nah, in the world. <laughs> like, no, I'm alright. What a distance, Zack Sable Jr. You're defiant. I remember yeah. watching him, I was like, who did Jack Stars annoy that stage? Did he take Travis's parking space or something? Probably just waiting to be back in book, though. Yeah, we're there. Never told him who it was with. <laughs> Probably told him who Zach Gibson was preparing for a technical masterclass, and then. His jaws appeared to Gary said. So, obviously, we talked about an annoyance with what he did. He, he just stared down Pete Dunn and he kind of just took out Joe with one punch. Uh, but, oh, but either way, it was disrespectful. <laughs> but uh, what's your thoughts on? Obviously, we're not going to spoilers, but his his run so far that has been televised. What's your thoughts on Walter on NXT so far? I've got general gripe with the post NXT UK booking. I don't think it's capitalised on the excitement. Nah. So Walter appeared that first night. We got the the type of match you I think you would expect that night. Mm-hmm. I would have loved actually before Walter went on to Pete Dunn for him and Joe Coffey to have picked up business and for Joe to have said you know, pick up from being kicked out the ring the night before. I, I originally thought that was going to be a feud. I thought it would be Joe and Walter and Dave Master would finally get his title shot, and then Walter would fight Pete Dunne. Yeah, because like in the, in the night after uh, TakeOver, he had a match with Mark Bobbins after that time, you think he was going to go through all of Gals one by one, like next Sunday will be, and then on Joe before getting shot because that would have been a good story. Right. That's my, my kind of gripe though, when you know, people that come in, you have that big moment where Walter and Pete in, in the ring, and then they do nothing with it. You know, there's nothing that happens after it. You know, you, if you've seen that on on Raw SmackDown, look at this week, for example, you've got Batista. Oh, it no, it was last week. You know, that. When, you, when, you see, when you see Batista last week and you think, okay, we know what's going to happen, then it's going to continue and roll on and roll on. Whereas it seems as if it just doesn't. You know, Triple H should never plan birthday parties again. <laughs> wow. We plan Stephen's birthday party. <laughs> He's big, he's big when Batista showed up at my birthday party, I'd be like, do what you want, it. Laura, have you have I got your attention now? <laughs> so you can have them. Stevie and the spider on the couple are getting back up. Before we move on to Stephen's thoughts of Walter, have any of you seen the... It's a vine and it says, when the squad are trying to plan a pre-game, no one's, no one's planning anything, it's just Triple H's promo. I'll come to your house, Dave Hart. You can come to my house. Why don't you just come here? No, you've got a lot of time in your house, Ross. I really should be studying my work on much. But anyway, Stephen, your thoughts on Walter? I'm just happy to see him. I think he's absolutely amazing. I think he's just such a... a, a it's, you, like I said earlier, it's the presence of him. You need, if you want your main champion, 
It needs to be somebody who's just gonna you can build the brand around. You want his jacket, don't you? Oh, it's, just, it's just so good. I want him just to come out. I want him to walk everywhere to that music. You know, just like. I bet you does that. He's in his house coat and the house. What a shout out. that music up. And Stephen walks about with his crispies. The only thing that would make it better for me, him, is this. At this takeover show, Timothy Thatcher shows up and ring camp for in, in NXT UK, and I would just pop like hell. I don't care what my neighbours say. It's like, I don't care. Thatcher and Walter are back together. It's two in the morning, Charlotte. I do like how Dominic has been made to look in his first couple of matches because, like, it's getting to that point where Dunsell did bit for so long that if someone's going to take it from him, they need to look believable. It's going to be a certain type of wrestler. And, like, if we got believed up portrayed in Waller as, like, this is a guy who's just going to go through everyone and it makes him look like a credible threat for Pete Dunn. Okay, so we have, as well as Waller, we have some brand new signings that have been recently announced in the past few weeks. ICW's Kaylee Ray. Yes. Define Wrestling's Primate. We have Jazzy Gerbert from the Mae Young Classic, who, if you listen to our Mae Young Classic look back show, the panel are big fans of that. We have, and I struggle to pronounce this name, so I do apologise. <laughs> I only go far away. Ilya Dragunov. That fella that had a crack match with Joe Coffey <laughs> at the square goal. <laughs> they have all been signed by NXT UK. I think this is an even more aggressive recruitment right now uh, you mentioned before Gary mm-hmm. and just to say it was Eat Sleep so let's retweet the broken news of Kaylee Ray and no, no 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 it was first time films but we're not giving that bastard David Campbell credit no. we, we broke it when we were because Kaylee was sat in front of me and Lucy at the show oh, oh for Christ's sake we, go away so, yeah. <laughs> so we broke the news <laughs> with, by spotting her before she came out so we got the news out yep Oh, so we got the news out there first. But yeah. We tried to make room in the, the room for Gary's ego. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving that plug to the podcast. <laughs> no. You, just, and you were plugging other podcasts. He done his research. <laughs> Back your box, Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, please continue. Yes, great signings. Well, thanks, Michael. Someone's got to do a good job right here. <laughs> great, great. And also quite interesting of... Um, I know we're going to talk about it in a moment about the future of NXT UK, but you know there's a lot of a lot of talent now on this roster. Some of them haven't been given a, a particular particularly big spotlight up until now, and now the competitions for spaces has just really intensified with these extra. Extra signings. I'm just happy to see Private wrestling again. Looks like at one point his career was over. I get to retire briefly because of a jaw injury. Nice. So now I see him back in NXT UK so quickly. What what are they? they, They're not. What are they calling him now? I can't remember what they're actually calling. Jay Melrose, like the primate, because that's these things he's real name like. Can you not just call him the primate? It's like calling one of War Mike Hitchman. It's like, it takes a bit away of the intimacy he's made Mike. It's not, it's no surprise that Dragonov's name has changed the world. Is it backstage going, nope? I heard he's, I can't remember. That's kind of me reading the script. I can't pronounce his, his second name, so I'm not going to attempt it. But I think I have heard somewhere that has his actual second name, so they want to use his real name. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all great signings. So oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a class. I think Dragonov is going to be one of the top stars and he'll, be, he'll be the one that prime to face Falter right? Aye, I think he's you know we've all, we all seen him at the, the square go but I watched him before when he had that that run in progress with, with Pete Dunne before uh, the promo for that one was outstanding the match itself as well interesting choice of music <laughs> 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 yes 
But the, the match itself was outstanding, and you've know, seen him against Fuck Joe. Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you've seen him against Joe at the, at the square go as well, I thought it was an outstanding match. It lived up to all the hype, so hopefully we'll see that one again at some point as well. I mean, we've mentioned these signings, but we also have to remember that well, Dar is now going to be on mm-hmm. NXT UK, and Jazzy and Kaylee weren't the only people in the roster, sorry, the only people in the audience that night that are now coming on to NXT UK. Mm-hmm. But we can't remember the name of the other guy that was guy, in the audience. Guy, the football. Uh, He's been in NXT. Yeah, yes. uh, Luke Matthews. Yes, yes. thank you. Thank you, Scott. And so, we popped up in the front crowd and front row at Tigo and we were like, who's that? Yeah, so there's quite a lot, a lot of this is NXT UK. We've got yeah, folk from all well. over the place, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Um, we've got some more people from across Europe now. I don't know when she's going to pop up, because she has popped up as well as but Viper. Mm-hmm. Or Piper <laughs> Niven, I don't know what her name's going to be. So, something I want to touch on, and this is a spoiler for anyone who's not been watching NXT UK, at the NXT New York TakeOver WrestleMania weekend, uh, Walter will face Pete Dunne. I think we all knew it was heading that way. It looks as if Walter's going to win. Do you think there's there'll be a bit of an annoyance from the UK faithful, you know, Gary, you yourself know it wasn't cheap to head down to Blackpool. We spent a lot of money to go there. We're not saying we should get a new champion every show, but maybe having a UK takeover and then the title change hands in America, is that a bit disrespectful? I'm not sure sure I would say disrespectful, but I think there's a case to be made that the title change should happen here and our the NXT UK audience, the NXT UK fan base, the people that we follow on this show religiously should be the people that get to see that big moment and very few of them will get to see it when it happens in New York. So yeah, I think if the title's going to change hands, it should change hands here. Well, well it is annoying that it doesn't happen in the UK, but I think for a couple of reasons I'm not as annoyed by it. One, I think it kind of comes full circle because he won it on a US takeover, so he would lose it. Plus it's WrestleMania weekend, so it's a big moment to have on the biggest like, weekend in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And also, the uh, first tapings, I'm big ahead of it, the first tapings after, after that Mania weekend, I believe, are the Glasgow tapings, which some of us are going to. So if Walter does win, we can see we were there for the first title, possibly the first title defence of the new champion. Stephen, your thoughts on uh, I thought both actually valid points. I was swaying towards Gary's one, but Scott's actually did, uh, <laughs> it kind of sells it. Makes the brand look bigger if on the biggest weekend of the rest of the calendar, that title has changed hands. I think that's a very good point. I suppose it brings people in as well. You know, people that might think, you know, people from across America that might go, oh, okay, NXT UK, I'll not no bother with that. I don't know who they are. Yeah. I, like, I like my NXT, I like my SmackDown, my Raw, that's me. Whereas if they're watching this and you showcase the best that you've got, on the biggest show that any brand of NXT will do in a full year, mm-hmm. I think that people would watch that and go, oh, by the way, that was a good match between them two. NXT UK, I might give that a watch. So I think it, from a business point, it probably drives people across a bit as well. You're thinking about it. I think you're right, and actually, Pete Dunne might transition across after that to NXT permanently. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Quack. Yeah. So obviously, Scott mentioned the Glasgow tapings. We all have our tickets for the Glasgow. How excited were you when we got an actual Glasgow taping? Because we've not had one in Scotland yet. 
Yeah. I didn't think Glasgow would be the first place in Scotland to host an NXT UK. I was convinced in my own mind that it would be Edinburgh they'd go to because WWE seems to be trying to put NXT UK into markets that they don't have WWE live shows in. The problem is Edinburgh, let's be honest, they don't have their best. No, it it's, not, right. it's not a wrestling, it's not a wrestling yeah. city. Discovery's done a really good job over there. I don't think you Plymouth is really a wrestling hotspot either. Have well, you been to Plymouth? You never know. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah. fair, like, when in New Japan's first UK shows was in Milton Keynes, like, yeah. we all know the wrestling hub of the UK, Milton Keynes. I actually thought they were going to go Aberdeen. Yeah, because and, uh, my point is about WWE taking the show to different markets that WWE's not yeah. able to go in for themselves. But when there was an announcement, it's like, yes, got to make sure I've got tickets. I was on the train that day to Edinburgh with my boss, and I said during the conversation, I had to break off with her to say, sorry, I've got to go and buy some tickets. So <laughs> <laughs> pick up in a minute. Your boss looking across at you like, oh, is it a gig? What gig is it? What band? Yeah. WWE. <laughs> Like Edinburgh, I think the only real viable location is Corn Exchange, but I think they would want more tickets than that place holds. Yeah, I think when we mention Glasgow, we forget, obviously now because the Hydro is the, the hub for a lot of things there, we forget the SECC, we forget the Velodrome, we forget the Brayhead Arena, which is 4,000 seats, you know, that that's easily filled in an NXT UK table. Because we know it's hosted Beyonce before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, uh oh. Is it part of actually thought, like, they've been looking at the sale of venues that they've been putting together, that they've been putting shows on, sorry. Uh, Army actually thought, well, wonder, maybe if they'd done it in the UK, uh, O2 Academy, or the O2 Sportatorium, sorry for him. Why the go, man? Every turned on the square goal, justice has been served. Yeah. You didn't it would probably be the biggest arena that NXC UK has been in because mm-hmm. the other venues are, are smaller theatre type venues, very beautiful buildings, uh, <laughs> much, much prettier than UK Arena. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a rose bush that you're pushing your back garden or that you can. <laughs> Grand designs with Gary Kelman coming soon. So just before we wrap up for uh, the evening, just going to go around the panel, some maybe quick fantasy bookings or quick things you want to see happen in the brand going forward. Scott? Uh, I want to see girls get built back up again and maybe do a free bird kind of thing with the tag titles because they have made a point with Joe going forward that every money he gets is important now to rebuild himself after that loss to Joe and I'm hopeful that the likes of Travis Banks get more as well because I think being injured before the first evenings and then getting taken out at, uh, at takeover it's kind of hindered his moment I think with this three week deal and he started to pick up a bit because on tonight's episode we reported he's got a last man or a false count anywhere match so hopefully he starts to pick up because he has been a big deal in the UK scene for quite a while and hopefully everyone gets to see that. Steve? Uh, I would quite like to see if Rita Ripley stays about. I'd love to see her and Jazzy go on. I think that'd be quite a good clash of styles, too. Mm. Big powerhouses going at it for a chance at Tony Storm. And maybe if Rhea's going to go in main NXT, as she will at some point, this is the chance to help get Jazzy over. And that one, I think that's a one that maybe not expected, but a great clash of styles. Quacko, mm-hmm. any thoughts? Uh, Kelly Ray as women's champion. Enough short, simple, and to the point. Gary, what are you? I'm excited about Noam Dar being back. There's loads of guys on this roster he could have great matches with, so looking forward to seeing Dar. Right. My one is a, a bit of a crossover. Um, after seeing what he done against Pete Dunne 
uh, the first takeover, I would quite like to see at some point Joe Coffey against Adam Cole. Oh, Gallus taking on undisputed errors. Well, that kind of that kind of helps build on what happened with the UK Championship weekend, where the kind of the crew were not feeling Wolfie that night, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were feeling Adam Cole's, and maybe a bit of frustration in Wolfie's part about that. Can imagine that maybe Gallus recruiting an extra member, four on four war games. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they need to recruit somebody from Scotland. And, is there another coffee, brother? There's only one other Scottish guy in the roster. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, so that has been our show for the evening. I want to thank my panel, Ryan, Scott, Stephen, Gary and Quacket. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So next week, it's WrestleMania Quiz 2, Electric Boogaloo. After me winning last year, we're going to... you find a better another ring for two? No. <laughs> Quiz 2, Electric Boogaloo, it stays. <laughs> Sarah's back in the hosting chair and it's going to be myself, Scott McLeod, Nathan Fisher, David Campbell, David Hockney and Stephen Strachan and a quiz where the ESSR title will be on the line. Oh, the horse, uh, Goatman's time was up for grabs. Yes, they may have lost it by then, fastly. Yes, and before we go, if David Campbell had a problem with my name being above the door last week, it's going to be a bigger problem next week with my boots up his arse. Good night. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!